Comrades and friends of the Highlands Bunker, William C. Martin Esquire would like to make the following statement. Webster's Dictionary defines razzle-dazzle, a noun, as a state of confusion or hilarity, a complex maneuver, as in sports, designed to confuse an opponent, or a confusing or colorful, often gaudy, action or display. Much like its cousin, the word showboat, razzle-dazzle requires a captive audience. Razzle-dazzle can be six consecutive objections, indicating that the question has been asked and answered. And razzle-dazzle can occur when you insist to a 38-year-old occasional podcast co-host and even more occasional fantasy camp journalist that he would prefer living in a country lacking the Fourth, Fifth, and Sixth Amendments, and that he has a hatred in his heart for a certain 2001 recipient of the Delaware Tourism Person of the Year Award. Hatred. More like one love, sir. And now I've just given Kenny Vanilla the song title of his next hit single. In 1985, Minneapolis rock band The Replacements shocked the independent music world, leaving the band's longtime home, Twin Tone, and signing with the major label Sire Records to release its album, Tim. On the album's lead track, called Hold My Life, singer Paul Westerberg proclaims, Razzle dazzle, razzle droll. Time for this one to come home. Razzle dazzle, razzle die. Time for this one to come alive. Robert, based largely upon unprecedented levels of razzle dazzle, we're witnessing the trial of the century of the day, come home and come alive any day now. Dare I say, even as soon as tomorrow. Razzle dazzle, razzle dazzle. Thank you. Well, hello, everyone. Uh, we're back with the latest uh, update of the state of Delaware versus State Auditor Kathleen McGinnis, Kent County Superior Court, Day 10, uh, GA bill. Uh, today is Wednesday, the 29th of June, 2022. Uh, before we start today, and the defense did rest today, so uh, the court is going to work on jury instructions. Uh, and we'll get to that in a moment. But before we get to that, I also want to say the 29th of June, 2022, uh, is the birthday for Miss Angie Watkins, Auditor McGinnis's mom. It's her 89th birthday. She said it was her 34th birthday. But I'm going to tell the truth. And I'm going to tell the truth because Miss Watkins uh, looks great, sincerely. Um, and I say that because Bill and I spoke about this again this morning. And, you know, we have a lot to say about Auditor McGinnis's behavior. Um, she was a poor manager. She lacked professional acumen. Uh, she was mendacious and cruel at times. She failed to build a consensus for her ideas and handled her political and social power uh, very poorly. Uh, but her family seems very sweet, honestly. Uh, her mom and her sister and her husband have been there every day to support her. Kathy's kids have been there most days. Um, Sailor herself was not able to be in the courtroom until after she testified. Um, but Bill and I can tell you firsthand that it's no picnic trekking back and forth to Dover every day, uh, and if uh, we were doing it because somebody we loved was in the dock, um, it would be approaching excruciating. Um, so it's a big shout out to um, their spirit and you know their pleasantness. Um, from what I understand, a lot of family of defendants aren't always so um, respectful and pleasant in court, um, and they just seem like perfectly nice people. So I guess I, what I'm saying is I really hope our commentary here continues to be considered in the spirit in which it's made. Um, 
You know, we're having fun with it. Um, and, you know, if you want to yell at us, we'll be in court again tomorrow. Um, so let's, let's talk about uh, the first half of the day, um, the defense witnesses for the day. Uh, first, uh, our friend, uh, Dean Elwell from McCarter and English. Uh, he's an associate from Boston. Uh, he did the direct examination of uh, Kira Marshall. Uh, Miss Marshall is one of Sailor's old friends from the beach, and she worked in an identical role in 2021. Uh, so the point of this, uh, the point of, of this testimony was basically to say in 2021, there was also an intern, not a McGinnis family member, who basically had uh, the same type of deal, uh, who set up the state fair, who banked her hours, who occasionally used the uh, company car, et cetera, et cetera. And, you know, it's sort of like this person did it, but uh, what came out on cross-examination is she did it in the year later. Um, so really what's at question is what happened in 2020. Um, there were a couple of, uh, Bill, I'll let you maybe chime in with a couple of, uh, of, of good details because there, there was some good details in this testimony and this cross-examination of, of Ms. Marshall. Um, uh, what, what would you like to highlight? Uh, I guess a, a couple things. You know, the way that uh, Kira sort of found her way into the office, uh, to quote her, not really a job interview. You know, it was, uh, as Rob, as I think you mentioned, uh, a connection that she'd made with Kathy when she volunteered on Kathy's uh, 2018 uh, campaign for auditor. Um, you know, uh, Kira is basically, you know, put, put her in the staffing Kathy bucket. I think that she, she did, had a pretty great explanation of what those sorts of tasks uh, involve. You know, that's some driving. That's uh, handing out of flyers, handing out of uh, you know miscellaneous uh, other branded products, uh, and this was this you know I missed a couple days, but this was in my estimation the first appearance of the phrase Gray Fox Initiative or Operation Gray Fox. Uh, I think it's confusing. It was confusing from the jump, which what what this was going to be called, but uh, Kira did testify that she was I think you know instrumental in being an assistant uh, on that crucial uh, Gray Fox Initiative. Yes, um, some of the uh, some of the items that were that are always prepared for the state fair are uh, pencils, pens, koozies, uh, whistles for the kids, and yes, yes, uh, dear listeners, the cornhole boards at the state fair did have the Kathy uh, Auditor Kathy logo uh, on them. So, in case you are wondering, uh, yes, they did. And we can only uh, assume that those whistles are there, so you can approach, you know, an instance of fraud, waste, or abuse, and just just rip that whistle like exactly. you're a, like you're a yeah like 10th grade football coach uh, mm. until until the message gets sent that hey yeah it's sort of like the bat signal but for the auditor's office exactly yeah yeah yes yes uh it was pretty funny one of the things that they harp on is that now you know an intern of this nature was able to do um was able to do graphics work on Canva remotely without logging into the system, was able to do social media work on Buffer without logging into the system. She got emails about doing this kind of work, and they sort of hashed that out. Uh, but when Mr. Denny on Cross uh, asked her sort of what kind of, what kind of graphics she did, uh, her quote was, very little words and big pictures, which yes. I, I just I found that very, that, that very funny. And he said, did you do, like, promotional materials? And she said yes. So, again... The real crux here and the way Denny finished his cross-examination was, um, did you know whether um, Rosalind Maurice had this, had all of this stuff? And she's like, I don't even know who that is. That was uh, the woman who left uh, in, in uh, early spring of 2020. Same thing uh, with Elizabeth Mary Vargas. 
doesn't know because you know the, the really the time frame in question here is 2020 and while this person seems to have had the pay grade and the role and the responsibilities and, and the perks that Sailor had, uh, it is Sailor's friend from school, obviously, but um, this was a year later, so it really, you know, it, it really wasn't germane as far as as far as I was concerned. Um, but you know, they're trying to present you know some sort of thing you can relate the, the role to. Um, the next witness had to testify via Zoom, which worked swimmingly. I can only assume Marty had a huge hand in this. Um, Lydia August, uh, who again uh, came, she had graduated from the University of Delaware. She's now living in Bradenton, Florida. She lives in Bradenton, Florida uh, because her boyfriend Noah uh, is in medical school there. Um, he, he didn't get into medical school the first time, so there was like a lag in time. And uh, one of the funny details of this is she mentioned that Noah didn't get into medical school um, several times. And I'm sorry, Noah, it's on the public record now, buddy. Um, she was originally brought in uh, to do the same kind of stuff like scheduling engagement, staff Kathy, do graphics. Um, she was also a seasonal casual employee, but she was a, a listed as a PIO, which I think is kind of interesting because that's how Sailor was originally brought in. But this was, um, I'm trying to find a date here. This was in 2019 uh, when she started. So she, uh, so she, she started... Uh, because she worked on the Kathy campaign, she solicited Kathy for the job and said, you know, I can, I can book engagements for you, we can do graphics, we can put it on social media, et cetera, et cetera. So she came on in June of 2019 as PIO, but that was actually um, changed uh, thereafter um, to uh, some, other, some other title. I can't, I can't find it right now, but it's not that, it's, it's not that relevant. Um, the issue here is, one, the same as some of the other issues that she was doing some of the same staffing Kathy functions, but really there's complete confusion about how she separated employment from the OAOA. Um, the, I mean, now we're talking about, this happened in, um, in May and June of, of, two, of 2020. I'm double checking my dates here. Yeah, so she had originally asked to stay till June of 2020. Well, uh, I feel like at one point she told Kathy, I may be leaving in January if Noah gets his fucking act together and gets into the medical school he wants to go to. We may she be did. bolting uh, the, the, the greater Dover area in January of that year. But then, you know, plans changed, as they often do. And you're right, Rob. I think that she was targeting May-June exit from the office. And Kathy seemed okay with that. Yeah, so she sort of extended her time. She stayed. And that was like, and you have to remember, put it in context of COVID, she realized at the, at the beginning of 2020, um, you know, Noah's still he's struggling. He can't, his application's been denied. And she's like, well, I'm going to stay at least another six months, if that's okay, yes. And then a month or two later in March, we have the COVID thing start to start to churn. So there's, there's less work. Um, there's some confusion. And this is the employee, if you remember, that had a, had a termination letter, letter written up in email but never sent, and then later on comes up in a in a labor department of labor uh, sort of administrative thing as having resigned. Well, what happened was this: she said she was going to work through June first of two thousand twenty. On May eighteenth, she actually comes to the office and is told by Thomas Van Horn that's her last day. 
She's given no other information, but she just figures, okay, this is my last day. There's confusion about COVID. There's, you know, I'm getting ready to leave in two or three weeks anyway, et cetera, and she leaves. When this becomes, one, a, a Department of Labor issue, and two, an issue for this trial, it becomes apparent that really nobody knows the circumstances uh, uh, surrounding her 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 leaving it's it's still to this day and even on even in from the from the from the uh, witness box was completely unclear to me how she left i mean i know what happened the day that was her last day but like officially how that would be taken it's still unclear yeah and this was the strangest part of her testimony i i don't doubt the veracity of it at all but it was you know, I feel like every other employee who has sort of uh, who's in sort of this gray area with Kathy and those who staff her uh, are generally kind of upset. And and Ms. August was like, yeah, we're still on good terms. You know, it was weird that I don't really know if I quit or if I was laid off. But, you know, hey, I live in Bradenton now. Noah seems to be killing it. Uh, and, you know, I've moved on. But I thought that was just very strange because if I left a job under uh these circumstances of, of confusion. Yeah, one of my comments just in the margin today, there is literally no communication in this office. Uh, I mean, I, again, you can kind of blame the pandemic maybe at this point, but you know, if you're a boss, just reach out to your employee on their last, don't, don't send um, TVH, uh, Thomas Van Horn, out there to do your bidding. Yeah, that was, it was pretty strange. Um, the last uh, important piece of evidence from this witness is she was called uh, by our friend Frank Robinson, and had a similarly recorded about nine-minute phone call where he asked basically her the same types of questions he, he went on to ask Virginia Bateman about a month later. So on May 25th of 2021, Frank Robinson calls her and basically says, we're just looking into how casual, casual seasonal employees were, were handled around the COVID time. Uh, we want to ask you some questions. They go through sort of that questions. It's a very sort of awkward conversation. And um, what Bill picked up on is something that um, that she did at the end of the call. So Miss Miss August at the end of the call, uh, before they disconnected, said what? Well, remember, and this came out today, this was our, sort of our suspicion, Rob, that, you know, that Investigator Robinson was basically just pulling this ruse only on people he was calling in the auditor's office. So he framed these calls to Virginia, uh, Lydia, and I believe Stormy as well. But correct me if I'm wrong. Yeah, there. he made a few others too. Yeah. Yeah. But basically it was this ruse. Hey, we're just checking in with, uh, you know, we're doing our due diligence. We're checking with casual seasonal employees just to see, you know, what their experience was like being employed by the state of Delaware, uh, you know, in light of the COVID-19 pandemic and working from home, et cetera. Um, so... Uh, you know, to Ms. August's credit, she answered, uh, I believe, honestly, all of uh, Frank Robinson's questions on the call. But then, yeah, just sort of pushed back a little bit politely, like, wait, can I just, I'm just out of curiosity, why are you doing this again? Like, where is my date? What? Where is this data going? And Frank didn't really have a great answer. No, uh, and, no, and, he did um, not. No, and uh, of course, Denny hit him on cross about that. But, you know, it's like, you're, Oh, I'm sorry. Um, uh, Wood hit him on. 
Well, well, here's what happened. Well, you, you, yes, because the next witness is a the next witness is a sort of a surprise witness. No, you you're not mixed up actually, but it just just it just didn't happen in that, that sequence. sequence. Right, right. Okay, remind me. Well, so they they, they basically you know finish the call. Um, they don't they don't really say too much. She she um, you know she 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 basically answers those questions. Says you know asks him those questions in which he gives his sort of like weird ruse that he's playing. And, you know, they just say, well, he never said that anybody was under investigation. Same thing he said with some other people. <clears throat> but then, who comes back to the stand? Who, I ask you? Who? Well, Mr. Frank Robinson, MVP in both leagues, is back, baby. Wood calls Robinson back to the stand uh, for the same reason he says, you know, they called for the same, called Bateman for the same reason, and basically starts to interrogate him about this is a lie. You were asked directly, like, why you were calling, and and not only did you not say Kathy was under a criminal investigation, but you 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 lied, and so there's a huge objection. There's a sidebar. There's a rephrasing of the question. Um, finally, uh, finally, Judge Carpenter just leans forward, puts his finger up, and goes, "Okay, we get it. Move on." And so basically Wood then sort of sort of sort of gave up. Um, Carpenter did say he's like, look, everybody knows this is a police technique during an investigation. If you want to ask him about it, ask him about it. But this is getting sort of uh, argumentative. Um, So he stops. And then basically Denny just clarifies that, you know, this is an investigative technique. Um, Nobody should be shocked by this or whatever. Um, it, It was something that Bill and I were like, you know, all of this stuff with Robinson you know, I don't know how that's going to come off to the jury that might have particular proclivities about the police. Maybe this disappointed them because they had other proclivities. Maybe this uh, sort of proves to them that this is how the police operate. I don't know. Um, but that's that's how that. Um, the, so we had to get we had to get our boy Frank up there for one last uh, beating. And um, and that was that. Uh, yeah, that's right. Uh, Mr. Wood, you move on. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> and yeah, Rob, to your point, this may be something we should probably talk about, uh, you know, from an ethical standpoint, perhaps after the verdict is delivered. But yeah, what 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 our thoughts are on the jury's perception of instances like this? You know, will some will some people be sympathetic to the worker in the situation who's receiving a disingenuous call from, you know, essentially law enforcement? Uh, or, you know, or are they maybe more pro the state's perspective here and it's 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 in with it's in with um it's within you know uh, someone like frank robinson's job duties to uh you know uh, you know use some trickery to to do some fact finding in a, in a case like this early in, in in the investigation so yeah something to speculate on at the moment but i think we'll have a better idea you know come come tomorrow or over the weekend yeah, yeah. so the, the the last um Defense witness uh, was uh, Miss Tracy Mitchell Rogers. She's been referred to as Tracy Rogers. Um, just to give people um, some background, this uh, was an accounting, uh, sort of an accounting bureaucrat that came and, and filled the position of Shaquana Cousins when Shaquana Cousins kind of did the thing where, where Homer Simpson sort of like goes back into the hedge. She pulled that move. Um, and so she comes in right uh, in September of 2020 to the OAOA. Uh, Shaquana Cousins is gone. 
Um, she um, describes a a chaotic, stressful um, situation in which uh, Thomas Van Horn basically says, "You got to figure stuff out on your own for now." Um, the Joint Finance Committee um, stuff was coming up, so they had a lot of budget work to do, and uh, and Christy Gross hadn't been paid, and you know she's kind of coming into this with no training. Um, she's just a, an accounting bureaucrat, and um, yeah, I mean everybody sort of knows by now what happened that um, the PayPal payment went directly to uh, Miss Gross, and her her role in. Uh, Miss uh, Mitchell Rogers' role in it was to have to reconcile the P card payment. So her, she said, you know, she's just she has her, she needs a receipt. She needs to put the receipt on the thing so that the card payment can be reconciled. And so uh, that's you know what she did. Um, what she also did was have to sort of um, sort of code that payment. To Christy Gross outside because you know it was it was made over PayPal so now she has to say it's a, it's coded uh, you know against some other uh, contract she codes it against the Innovate Consulting contract because by that time their my campaign group contract was over this was the only outstanding debt they were contracting with Innovate on something else she knew it was the same person and basically just got confused um, I, I think she's t- telling the total truth. Um, nothing about it seemed fishy. Um, she said she wasn't necessarily directed to do exactly this. Um, but she was in a situation where, you know, she just made an honest mistake based on other, based on other things that could have been criminal or could have been mistakes. We don't know. Um, that, that's sort of where, uh, where she left. What, what other, what, what else do we pick up from this, uh, from this witness? Couple choice quotes. Uh, Tracy, like you said, I, I completely believed her. You know, she was a great witness. My main thing here is I just want my receipt. Uh, you know, that's what she, that's re- she was just looking at it very logistically, and she wanted to get that uh, emailed PayPal receipt from TVH. Um, I guess she'd also one one kind of funny remark she made. Again, we we harp on this a bit, Rob, but you know, just sort of the potentially chaotic environment in the office. When uh, Ms. Mitchell Rogers uh, joined the staff, she kind of said, like, well, you know, things were in disarray. Uh, she kind of qu- cousin actually did leave some good files, but I was basically able to reverse engineer those things that were confusing <laughs> to me or like that didn't have an explanation or were disorganized. Yeah. I don't know exactly what she means, but yeah. like that's just that's not that's like the shittiest thing upon starting a new job. Uh, yep. Yeah. So, and she also, and she also, and there was some evidence to this because she was getting stuff kicked back from accounting that wasn't right. And so she was working with accounting, and the people in accounting, a uh, uh, Rebecca, I don't have her last name, it just says Rebecca, were working with her to try to sort this out. So she was relying on other subject matter experts who were reviewing this in accounting, in the finance accounting area, to figure this out. And they were sort of working together to do it. Uh, again, I know we've harped on this before, but I think it's fair to say, you know, this is an, this is another example of like just, you know, fairly competent bureaucrats trying to get their receipts. So she steps down. Um, there's a there's a, the jury goes out and there's a sidebar. Then we find out, folks. The defense rests. The McGinnis, I believe he said uh, Miss McGinnis's defense rests. Um the jury is then removed. The, the, the defense has rested in front of the jury. And 
now, because they've rested, Kathy now speaks for the first time in this trial. She stands. Uh, she's wearing a uh, sort of a, a yellowish, yellowish uh, sort of patterned suit, uh, skirt, you know, as is her idea. It looks, uh, you know, there was some sort of stitching in it, had a little pattern to it. She stands. Judge Carpenter basically says, I, this is the time where I have to ask you, you have the right to testify in your own defense. I know you're getting uh, advice from counsel. But you can even testify against their advice. It's your right to do. So I have to ask you these questions. Have you spoken to your counsel about testifying and considered it? She says, yes, Your Honor. Do you have any questions for this court about this process? No, Your Honor. And he said, so you, you have decided not to testify in this proceeding. And she says, I am confident my team raised reasonable doubt. I don't need to testify. And with that, folks, um, we're done. Uh, so today, this afternoon, the counsel and the judge will meet in chambers uh, to hash out the jury instruction. Tomorrow morning at 9.30, Mr. Denny will put on a closing argument. Uh, at about 11.15, Mr. Wood will put on a closing argument. And um, like I said, after jury instruction, which could last another hour or an hour and a half, um, sometime tomorrow afternoon, this is going to the jury. So what I would like to do is I, I just want to run through the charges real quickly, give a, a line or two uh, each on my feeling about, you know, kind of where they sit. And then maybe you can do the same and, uh, and we'll just sort of try to figure out what we might be in for. Um, these are not predictions. Uh, these are my personal feelings about the charges based on what I've seen so far. So, uh, you know, it's not like I'm, I'm a betting person and these are predictions. Uh, number one, the financial benefit conflict of interest. Here I actually do want to hear the closings because uh, Ms. Moreau from the Ethics Commission says that ethics, ethics rules mean that, you know, a conflict can be personal without necessarily being financial. Uh, but I don't understand if that's the law. Um, so that's, that's kind of a tight one. Um, it really depends on how the jury sort of takes that. I definitely, pers I, I think based on Moreau and other things, there was definitely a conflict of interest whether you're taking the money or not because there's preferential treatment to your family and their friends. But, but again, it's a legal question. Uh, the theft. Agreed. Agreed. Yes. Agreed on theft. all accounts. Okay. Theft. Uh, joint, joint savings account. That's where the de direct deposit is going because her mom signed on a joint savings account. No good. Trash charge. Not guilty. That's my opinion. Uh, structuring. Um, it's ultimately a function of chaotic, poorly run office. Um, there's really one occurrence that pays out, um, uh, you know, it's like a Keystone Cop routine. Um, as we've kind of talked about, everybody's, you know, it's kind of been broken up over days of testimony, but everybody's different sort of piece of it has now come out, and it's just a huge mess. So uh, because it wasn't, it didn't happen over time, it was just the end of this contract, there was some un misunderstanding about how some of the other POs were paid or how they were, uh, you know, how they were broken up but then lumped together as a payment. Um, so I'm, I'm actually a not guilty on the structuring as well. Um, in the conflict of, if the conflict of interest and benefit goes guilty, which I think it should, then official misconduct, which is a, a fairly minor charge considering is also guilty. So I'm, I'm, I'm two and two. Um, and 
the last but not least is the most serious charge, the, the, the big felony witness intimidation. This comes down to when we think Kathy reasonably knew about some investigation, criminal or otherwise, it could be another type of civil investigation, anything. Um, even if we rely on the June 15th date that Robinson called um, Virginia Bateman, I still think plenty happened after that to indicate that she was still trying to apply pressure to people or surveil people uh, or put people on pips or reprimand people. And then, you know, the reprimand came, but then it, it increasingly got more and more severe rhetoric around this reprimand. Um, you know, even with that, I think it doesn't look good for Kathy. My personal opinion is there was an email in December of 2020 where Kathy was probing to probing DTI to check to see who else was requesting e-records in her agency, quote, in parentheses, besides me. Uh, in my opinion, that's when she knew, or that's the, that's the biggest piece of evidence where I, the earliest time I think she probably knew. Um, I would have thought that legally the ju- that was, this would be a question for the jury. Um, it seems like counsel and the judge are, like, having to determine... You know, when, and maybe they're just trying to convince the judge. So, you know, if there's arguments after the verdict, they can make those arguments. Um, my personal opinion is this is guilty. Um, because, again, I, I think there's enough after the 15th, and I'm not even sold on the 15th being the first date that she knew. So that's sort of where I'm at, just personally, based on my perspective, coming in with whatever I'm, whatever I'm at. Yeah. Rob, I agree with you. I mean, we, we, we sort of already workshopped this when we were driving back uh, from Dover this, this afternoon. Um, so I, I think I'm, I'm in agreement with you. I think it's a fool's errand to be in the, the predictions game, but, but I do agree with you. A couple things I just wanted to point out. Um, it feels like if count one falls and Kathy's guilty of the conflict of interest involving, you know, uh, hiring Sailor and uh, Virginia, which we think we think is unlikely, uh, Count two may fall as well. You know, if the jury is convinced about the conflict of interest, and the only reason I say that is because of the of the phrase "exercise control over." So Kathy was technically exercising control over um, property of the state of Delaware, which was Sailor's um, compensation. So, you know, I think we we think this is a rather weak charge. Uh, the count two, the um, what is it? It's uh, Basically, up to stealing property value, theft, 15, yeah. Yeah, yeah, theft, fifteen hundred dollars or more. Um, and you know, we 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 were joking about how this was like, you know, probably sailors, you know, summer money, walking around money or whatever. But Kathy's name was on the account, so she could exercise control over it. I think that comes down to how the jury instruction rides. Yeah. Um, and then just the, it, yeah. So I think for count five, the witness intimidation. I I keep going back to something that. Um, Steve Wood is known to say, and it's the mens rea uh, component. This, the person who is, um, you know, guilty of this uh, crime, witness intimidation, needs to act knowingly and with malice, um, basically to prevent another person who's been the victim of a crime or a witness to a crime. Um, and I agree with you, Rob, completely. I think that the the point where Kathy is individually put on notice that she's under investigation is, yeah, June 15th, 2021 at the latest. I think there are arguments that can be made. And the state you know, presented a ton of testimony uh, 
in that earlier part, you know, pre June 15th era. Um, yeah. And I feel like since this is kind of the juiciest, the most salacious uh, count, and it's the one I think we've arguably received the most effective testimony, it's probably neck and neck with the structuring charge as far as, you know, just like raw data, raw testimony that's before the jury. Um, yeah, I feel like, I feel like um, if you've got a jury who's sympathetic to the worker rather than the boss, I think this is going to go the state's way. Yeah. Yeah. We had a couple conversations about what just generally what we think the jury's going to do. Um, we don't really want to talk about, you know, sort of our feeling about how the jurors might be acting. Um, it, I mean, not that they're acting out of out of character or just they're just hang, they're just paying attention the best they can. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I, I don't want to really talk about anything specifically that we're thinking uh, while the trial's going on because I don't. I just I actually I can talk about anything. I just don't think it's appropriate for regular people who are doing jury duty. Um, so we're not going to do it. Uh, but afterwards, I think we'll give you sort of our feel for, you know, a few jurors that, you know, were maybe you think these jurors are, you know, uh, becoming sort of friends. Um, some jurors are seem to have having more fun than others. Um, some uh, pay more attention than others. You know, that kind of thing. It's just sort of interesting um, interesting stuff that people might be interested that the people might you know think it's is fun and, and give them more of a flavor of uh, what's going on in the courtroom i just don't want to do it now so that's it folks tomorrow this could all go down and as we know tomorrow is the 30th of june also uh, about one block from the kent county courthouse is a legislative hall in dover where you know 40 or 45, you know, dim-witted morons are going to close out another stupid session of the Delaware State Legislature. Um, Carl is showing us a picture of, uh, of uh, Bill George Herbert Walker Bush, um, who is an absolute just fucking waste of space. Um, but the question really becomes, will Dover open in a vortex and will we all fall in it tomorrow? Uh, will we be over the event, event horizon uh, will we ever be seen again? Will we go crazy? Will we just lose our minds and just walk um, into the distance and never be heard from again? Um, How is it all going to break down in the grander scheme of what's going on in Dover tomorrow? Will Marty save the day? That's the real question. Uh, I mean, Marty, he was, and, and, and again, uh, as we mentioned, uh, both Miss Bosch and uh, Miss, Mr. Uh, Elwell uh, got to, got to, um, to do some direct uh, examination today, and I have to tell you that they must have prepared with Marty for that, you know, 20 or 30 minutes for, for hours, because it was smooth as silk. Just exhibits going up, stuff being highlighted, uh, stuff being, you know, blown up, pages being gone through. He's just back there doing what he does, and it was incredible. Yeah, they were referencing both exhibit numbers and tab numbers. Absolute masterclass. Uh, season one of Bosch is premiering on Amazon Plus uh, in the in in July. <laughs> so, folks, that's it. Um, I, I don't know what if we do get a verdict tomorrow. I don't know what we're gonna do. Uh, it's gonna be a wild day. Our schedules are out of control. Uh, I know Working Families Party is going to have a lot of people down in Dover for the legislative day. There's probably going to be an increased press press presence because of that and because there is a, a fairly decent expectation we could get a, a, a verdict by the end of the day. Um, so it could really kick off tomorrow. 
I think what can, contingent on many different things, I think Bill and I will try to record a reaction, some sort of reaction, uh, five, ten minutes, um, just to give you a flavor of what the hell just happened and how we're feeling. And then uh, we're going to take a, a long break through the weekend. And uh, we will decide when we want to uh, when we want to record a full sort of full recap of the trial uh, and and its implications, uh, where it stands within the context of the Delaware Way, what it means for the political career of not only Kathy but um, you know some people who um, you know are pretty close to her, uh, and how we can leverage that against them, which I'm fully prepared to do, um, you know or you know, or we're, we're, we're at the La Hacienda drinking margaritas on Steve Wood because he got a five-for-five five acquittal. I mean, we don't know. Um, but that's, that's where we're at, and, and there's also a chance we're speaking to you tomorrow, and, uh, and the jury's deliberating, and uh, they've been excused for the night. So, um, you know, who knows? Uh, but that's it, friends. Um, keep listening. Keep uh, pounding that uh, subscribe on iTunes. And to throw us a few bucks on Patreon, uh, we're really happy for everyone who has been able to uh, to support our work, and I hope you continue um, to do so. And also go through our back catalog. Tons of, uh, of candidates, uh, policymakers, authors, um, academics, journalists. We're talking to everybody, uh, and we're trying to do it good. So keep following. Uh, Bill, any, any last words? Yeah, of course. I'll, I'll echo that, Rob. Um, <laughs> you know, we're casual seasonal employees in this matter, so we've been banking a lot of time over the last three weeks I certainly want to sit down and record at least an emergency, you know, episode if if we receive a verdict tomorrow, uh, Thursday. But uh, just just so you know, you know the uh, USB microphone preamps don't just walk up out of nowhere, glance at uh, Susan and Rob's free library, and then somehow mosey up the stairs to the bunker studio. You know that takes some money. What else takes some money? Uh, Robert's ISP that rarely operates when it rains outside that takes some money too um so yeah this has been a lot of fun to do i hope that everyone uh understands that we've been doing it uh we've been giving a gentle ribbing to uh the judicial system here uh i've had a blast and you know i know a lot of other people are way more emotionally invested in this than i ever would be but this has been a lot of fun to do with you rob and uh, i feel like we're on the precipice of of a whole new world Tomorrow, with the next time we speak to you, dear listeners, uh, we may be we may be changed men. And just remember that. And also remember, you know, some people's motto is confidentiality. Our motto is left is best. Yes, inside.